friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Kolb. I'm the president and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. Together, we get to identify the issues that affect credit unions and talk about best practices that exist, learn from one another, and ultimately improve our industry. We have a great conversation for you today. My guest with us today is Nelson Fisher. He is the Director of Product Development at Co-op Solutions. Nelson, thank you for being here. Lauren, thanks for having me. I like to start out the conversation on this show the same way, which is to say that we did not, most of us, grow up thinking that we would get to work with credit unions one day. But what a wonderful industry we found ourselves in. I'm curious, what did you want to be growing up? Oh, man, uh, that would be a touring musician. Uh, I will tell you, I did dip my toe in that and had a lot of fun doing that. But I, I think growing up, being around, I grew up in the military, seeing folks move around all of the time. It just kind of fit with that lifestyle. So it wasn't credit unions that I anticipated growing into, you know, transparently. But yes, I would say being a rock star. I think that was my, my goal in life. I love it. What instrument did you or were you or were you vocals? I was a guitar player yeah. okay. or am a guitar player, actually. You're never not a guitar player. but yeah. Sure. Right. Once a guitar player, always a guitar player. <laughs> well, from touring musician to credit unions, what was the journey like then to your role now as director of product development at Co-op? I really cut my teeth in really the startup space. So like I said before, I was a musician for quite some time, went back to college and ended up in San Francisco. So I cut my teeth in the technical space in e-commerce, worked through a couple of startups out there, uh, wound up in some other e-commerce areas, really focused on technical development uh, into product management, and then found myself in the payment space. And I, I got to tell you, the payment space is such a dynamic and such a large and vast opportunity for multiple reasons, right? I mean, you've got things of hard processing to to the digital side of things to... I mean, there's so many aspects to the credit union space, you know, the mantra around people helping people to how do we deliver technology that is in competition with the large banks, right? The opportunities are abound and, you know, challenge and solving puzzles and all of those things are very much a part of that. So I, I absolutely love being in this space. I feel challenged every day. I love the people that I have discussions with. It's such a great place to be at this point. But you know, all of those experiences that I had in the past, I really feel like culminated into helping shape where I am today, right? It's, uh, I mean, frankly, I was a bartender for a little while, did a lot, a lot of different things, but being able to, to talk to people, understanding challenges, break down technical issues. You know, we're here to have fun. And if, if you can't walk out of every day or at least most days with a smile on your face or laughing about something or laughing at yourself about something, right? Maybe, maybe it's time to reassess. And I feel like I'm still in that spot where I have that. I have the challenge. I have fun. There are hard days, right? Nothing takes that away. But you know, we do have that goal in mind and, and that's that's delivering for our credit needs. Well, I want to hear more about co-op solutions. We know there's been some some changes and exciting news coming out, but from co-op side, what's the elevator pitch that you give credit union folks about what you do and where you add a lot of value for credit unions? Wow, what a yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, if I had to to sum that up, co-op solutions is here to service the credit union space, whether it's from a payments perspective, whether it's from a digital enablement perspective, how co-op 
drives value is driving values for members, right? We are a very member-centric organization focused on helping our clients get to that place. And that that gets us involved in many aspects of whether it's implementations for cards or if it's a digital implementation relative to really providing the right level of integration to ensure that the members are being met where they are. You know, Co-op Solutions is is there to help facilitate that end-to-end solutions, whether that's a, a facilitating partnerships with other organizations, but really meeting the credit unions where where they are, help advise them where, you know, strategically they they envision themselves to go and, you know, ultimately deliver for the members. I love it. It that is a great elevator pitch. Maybe a little bit of, a longer elevator ride, but still super <laughs> super reasonable. <laughs> yes. I'm really excited to talk to you too about the research that Co-op has been involved in. And it's so sure. important. There's so many insights I'm excited to hear from you. And I know so you recently released the 2023 CU Growth Outlook at Co-op Solutions, which is in conjunction with EY and MasterCard. Can you share more about the study? I mean, what did it look like? What are some learnings? Absolutely. The Co-op CU Growth Outlook, it really breaks things down fundamentally into, into three different areas, right? We focused one part of that around micro and macro payments conversions, right? You think about the macro set as far as the long tail, you've got your mortgages, you've got uh, investments, things of that nature, and, and those importance to the CUs, right? Those are pretty clearly understood. But where we're seeing is that from a micro engagement perspective, we think about payments types like buy now, pay later, or digital payments. We think about financial planning and how all of those things all start to tie it together from a micro and macro environmental aspect, right? One tidbit from, from that section really was, you know, credit union members have on average three times the number of financial relationships than non-credit union members, right? That indicates a lot of different things. And you can extrapolate a lot of different assumptions based on that. But it's important to note that that fact exists. There is a means where the importance for CUs to really focus on members from that macro and micro environment, how that's those are all leading and, and correlate to one another was was one aspect. We think about the the other pieces here around this research is around the psychology of spending behavior, right? We think about the differences between budgeters and non-budgeters and how that correlates to credit and debit usage. A lot of the psychological drivers associated to why members make the choices they do can be derived from a certain level of mindsets that are associated to that. So we explore some of the opportunities or, or some of the areas to, to which that that uncovers. Lastly, you know, to, to really sum it up is really driving that credit union member connection, right? We think about uh, call to actions for CUs to really reorient their value funnel from being more micro behavioral based, macro behavioral based versus being focused on just the offerings themselves, right? Thinking about that, uh, even if we broke that down into a value funnel, right? How they're looking at that top of the funnel and how that's being able to drive value for members and really thinking about that in more of a strategic lens. So we we do explore a lot of those subjects within that stew growth outlook i implore anybody listening today to to just head over to to co-op's website download the the white paper it goes into fairly heavy detail around some of these items and we'll hopefully get you know get the wheels spinning around opportunities that exist and things that that we've found based on real empirical research uh, associated with these different areas i just spoke about 
I love hearing that. We're going to link to the study here in the show notes. So anybody who's listening, if they want to get more information, that'll be right there for you. One of the other things that I know you all have talked about at Co-op is the concept of integration and why it's so important for credit unions. Can you share more detail around that for those listening today? Sure, absolutely. So when we think about integration, right, the integration could mean a, a few different things. Integration could mean how different products are being facilitated into online banking or mobile banking environments. But ultimately, you know, the importance really starts at the member. The member has these certain sets of expectations. Earlier, you heard me talk about micropayments, buy now, pay later. You heard me talk about digital payments, financial planning, right? When we think about integrations is from a digital maturity perspective, is the member in the, the credit unions, online banking, mobile apps, and doing the things that they need to do in their everyday lives? Are the relationships that they have with you as a CU, are those all accessible in a, a very clean manner, right? I think about myself and the financial relationships that I have. I'm a CU SoCal member. I'm also, you know, I have relationships with the other entities, but, you know, the, I do have a little bit of a, a relationships that, that kind of sit all over the place. But I will tell you that my particular credit union, they do a wonderful job of having lots of integrations in place. I can do most of the things that I intend to do from, from the micro and macro environments and all of those integrations exist, right? But ultimately from a co-op angle too, is integrations also depend on all of the different cogs in the wheel. We think about co-op, our share branching rails, right? Our connections to a ton of cores that are out there and our ability to pull certain sets of information in. We think about all of the other integrations that exist, right? Is are all of the different partners in line to be able to facilitate that clean process? Let's let's take a project that, you know, maybe in the past could take 18 months. Let's take that down to six months. And how do we in, incorporate that? That's bringing the right partners in. That's having the right uh, set up in. That's also thinking about organizational change management. Is your team ready to be able to do these integrations, right? Because integrations are not just focused on getting that product to market, but it's also how do you support that product? How do you support those sets of products? How are members experiencing those? And how is feedback being provided, right? It's a holistic view of how all of these things come together to really drive that member-centric view. I like it. There's so much to unpack there. But I want to talk to you because I know there are some other key factors that the research you all have done indicate might be maybe highly impactful, if you will. And co-op has encouraged their clients to consider. And some of those factors that, that you're talking about are trust and convenience. And I know there are a lot of other ones. With so many different things going on, what would you say credit unions really need to focus on going into 2024? Absolutely. I mean, where the economy is and how things are shaping up, we've got the election coming next year. There's, you know, there's a lot of uh, variables that are out there. But really, when we boil it all down, and our, our study really kind of highlights this, is really looking at the micro behaviors that you're seeing members exhibit, right? From an um, onboarding perspective, how they're, they're facilitating that onboarding and how they're doing their product comparisons all the way to how they're spending and how they're tracking their, their money. Uh, we think about engagement channels, right? How are certain lifestyle triggers actually facilitating those engagement channels, right? Whether it's an auto purchase, a home purchase, uh, thinking about retirement savings, things of that nature. How are all of these things culminating to really lead to, to growth? A lot of our study really alludes to that member centricity, how we start to take those micro behaviors 
take that further down into the engagement channels and how that leads to the right offerings for them, right? How do we personalize to a certain extent for those members, those offerings that are presented to them based on the behaviors that we see, right? And that could be done through uh, cohorting through lots of data analysis that could be you know, there's a multitude of ways to get there, but ultimately it's those micro behaviors that really lead to that member centric kind of mindset, if you will. Yeah, I love that. Well, and so speaking of member centricity, that is a mouthful. That actually ties in so well to my next question for you, which is would you say that member centricity directly leads to growth? And if so, or either way, how do credit unions become more member centric when you think about it really tangibly? Sure. Yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. That sort of growth really comes from thinking through all of the, like I talked before, the micro behaviors and things of that nature that are exhibited. But ultimately, an example would be you look at the BNPL space, right? You've got the Affirms, the Klarna's, and all of those folks of the world. They hit the ground running right before the pandemic and they just saw a surge in usage, right? And its adoption as a payment method is clear to show that from a member perspective, the willingness to adopt new technologies in a way that is convenient for them, that fits within their budget, that fits within what what they're expecting to see, right? You've got lots of fintechs that are coming to town and looking to take market share. From a member centricity perspective, focusing on where members expect to be, taking into consideration trends. Obviously, there's a lot of holistic strategic views around these, but being able to be a part of each of those relationships or being a part of each of those engagement channels and having the digital maturity to be able to, to facilitate those in a way that's easy to consume creates an opportunity for members to continue to invest in the relationship that is with their CU. Lots of members are intentional with their relationships with their credit unions and their willingness to engage with those credit unions are far higher in my opinion, than they would with with a different bank. They're not they're not looking at it in a different. They're not looking at it in the way that they would maybe some of the major banks. Right? It's more of a I'm being becoming a part of a community. I get all of the things that I need. Right? Digital payments. You, you think about Zelle. You think about all of those different aspects that they can utilize. If they continue to to invest in those relationships with you as a credit union you can continually lead to that growth, just being focused on where they expect to be, where they want to be, and having the products to support them to, to, to do just that. I love it. There's so much insight there. I'm excited for everyone listening today to get their hands on the 2023 CU Growth Outlook study. As we look to the future, what is Co-op Solutions focus for the road ahead? Sure, uh, absolutely. You know, we have the combination with PSU that's coming up. We've got really leaning in and focus and finishing the swing on all the things that we set out to do this year and into next year, right? Nothing has changed from that aspect. And co-op's uh, main focus is really delivering the highest value items that we possibly can in the best possible way. And we're going to continue to focus on that focused on what we're doing from an insight center perspective, let's say, in driving the right level of data analytics for our credit unions to be able to make better, more data-driven decisioning. We think about resolution center and the automation that that helps to provide and the, the savings that provide our investments into springboard monitor experience and how we help back office teams have a more comprehensive view of the entire member journey. We've got uh, products like pay over time that's coming to fruition, ID check, we're really focused on how do we 
help facilitate not only a client view relative to how do we help credit unions be more efficient in their day-to-day, make better decisions in their day-to-day, and be that right partner for them, but also focus on the other aspects of how do we deliver member uh, member value, right? Buy now, pay later is very top of mind. We think about digital card issuance and how that's top of wallet. You know, we're going to be focused on that. We Our roadmap is set. We're, we're really focused and leaning into that, and that will continue to be our focus at GoOn. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. We're going to link in the show notes as well to some more information on co-op, um, on the potential merger that I talked about, all of that good information. So that'll be right here in the show notes for everybody. As we wrap up the show, I always like to have some fun with rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So Nelson, the questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. So if you are ready, I will dive in. All right, let's go. All right. Question number one. Who is someone in your life that was a great leader and what makes them great? Oh, my. You know, I think I would have to look at my wife. She's a nurse and she's been uh, doing that for for a better part of a decade. She went through and worked through the pandemic and seen things that probably not many of us would ever imagine seeing. And her ability to hold her head high, continue to help our family, the, our extended family, through all of the things that, that were there, her leadership through it, her ability to, to deal in all of the ambiguity that was the last few years. It, I'm just absolutely so appreciative of her and her ability to, to just come through it, right? Continue to have a smile on her face, continue to be uh, the partner that she is, and you know her willingness to just continue to, to lean in. Uh, it's, I absolutely, uh, I can't thank her enough. Oh, what a good answer. I love that. All right. Question number two for you. If you're going to splurge on something, say you maybe want to treat yourself, it's been a long week. <laughs> what is something you might invest a little bit in, whether that's time or resources? Okay. So I talked at the top of our discussion around being a musician. I will tell you that that's where I like to splurge on items. I don't buy many things for myself. I have children. It's about them. It's not about me. But when I do get the opportunity to do that, it's really... It's focused on music, whether it's a new pedal, a new guitar, anything that that kind of revolves around that. I'm a bit of a music nerd, so I, I, I do tend to lean a lot into into investing there. It's 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 a passion of mine. It's what puts a smile on my face. So yep, I would invest there. I like it. All right, random question for you: If you travel for work at all, um, if you're going to a conference or a client visit, something like that, is there a city that you're most excited to visit? So I'm also a technology nerd. So going to the Bay Area of California is always a lot of fun for me. I'm, I'm a foodie. I love food. And there's such a dynamic food scene in San Francisco. I have a lot of friends that still live out there. We talk. We talk tech. You know, I love going out there. There's always something new. It seems like it's dynamically shifting all over the place. You've got lots of technology coming out of there. I, I just find it fascinating to the extent of how concentrated technology is there and the, the types of people that are out there. I just, I always enjoy going out to the barrier. I love it. That is a great answer. All right. What is a book you think just everyone should read? I I think I keep calling myself a nerd, but I'm also an astronomy guy. So, you know, it's outside of the business world is Rocket Man. So, Rocket Man it was written by Robert Curson, and it, it basically is about the Apollo Eight missions and how that led, you know, man's first journey to the moon and all of the things that led to that. The 
you know, you think about Apollo one and what happened there all the way to Apollo 11, Apollo 13, it is just absolutely fascinating and inspiring the, the tenacity of the folks that were there, the willingness to lean into things, problem solving, the fact that they had technology, you know, we carry around smartphones in our pockets and our purses every day. Right. And the level of technology that they had at their fingertips at that time pales in comparison to what we carry around today. And the fact that they were able to land people on the moon is absolutely amazing and all the things that led up to that. So if, if you have time, I highly suggest reading that book. It's a wonderful read. It's a quick read. I've read it a few times myself and I, I always walk away just absolutely inspired by it. We will link to that book here in the show notes too for anybody who's interested. <laughs> Great point about the amount of technology they had then compared to what we have now. All right, next question. What has been your best hack for creating balance and integration between your work life and what I like to always call your life life? <laughs> That's a good one. You know, I would say this might be a little bit of a controversial topic, but it's works for me is that not everything is going to get done in the time that you expect them to, right? And being able to prioritize those things and being able to note that when you're taking your last breaths, your family's not going to worry about that meeting that you made or that that commitment that you made, but rather they're going to worry about the practice that you missed, the game that you missed, or all of those. And being able to just continue to take stock in what's valuable helps me to identify how do I best prioritize my days, right? I wish I could get everything done. I wish I could do everything under the sun every single day, but that is just, we're all human, right? We're, we don't have the capabilities of doing that. And that's where working with great colleagues, working with being able to have the right partners involved all matter. But there are points in time where just not everything is going to get done. So I, I would say that might be a little bit of a controversial topic, but I hope that uh, everyone that's listening can empathize with that at that point. Absolutely. I like it. Well, we're going to link, like I said, to everything we've talked about today in the show notes. But Nelson, my last question for you is, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or final asks of our listeners today? Really, it's please, 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 if you do anything today, really read through that CU Growth Outlook. Uh, there is a lot of value. And I, I believe that in order to get good answers, you have to be able to ask the right questions. So that I hope, gets our credit unions thinking about what questions should we be asking? What questions or what are the right questions to ask to be able to find the right answers that exist out there? So start there. There's a lot of research that went into that. A lot of time and effort went into being able to come up to the conclusions that we did. But it's not also not meant to be in a completely exhaustive list of, of items to think about. But really... If you're not getting the right answers, maybe sometimes it's it's a means to be able to let's at, let's ask better questions, right? And hopefully this gets and leads credit unions to a space where they're the they're asking all the right questions. Perfect way to wrap up this episode. Thank you again, Nelson, for being on the show. So great to connect with you today. You as well, Lauren. Thank you very much for the time and, and for the listeners out there. Thanks for your time today. Stay well, Nelson. And thank you again to all of our listeners for tuning in today to the CU Insight Network podcast. And we will be back again next time.